Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. In advance of Alabama's showdown with Texas A&M for the top spot in the SEC Western Division standings on Saturday, it is the other side right here on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. And with that, it is my pleasure to welcome on board Olin Buchanan, a staple of Texas A&M coverage for many years now. Olin has been a multimedia voice for Texag since 2012. Previously, a national college football writer for Rivals.com and Yahoo, also worked for Bryan College Station Eagle and the Austin American Statesman. Owen, also a longtime voter for the Heisman Trophy. With all that out of the way, Owen, good stuff, by the way. It's been a while since we've caught up. Good to do this. Yeah, I can remember uh, sitting up there, Brian Denny Stadium uh, press box next to you. Uh, you were pointing out. Um, some different things that I might have missed. It could have been, yeah. Go back that far. Many, many years ago, no doubt about it. And as we look at this matchup, A&M, like Alabama, coming in at 4-1, 2-0 in the SEC standings. You know, for both these teams, Olin, week two wasn't especially kind. A&M loses on the road at Miami. Alabama sustains a very rare home loss, especially in the month of September, to another Texas team incoming SEC member, the Texas Longhorns. Since then, though, the Aggies and the Crimson Tide have put together double-digit conference wins. So, Owen, we'll get a little more granular as we go along here, but what's been the overriding theme in A&M despite losing starting quarterback Connor Wiegman a couple weeks ago and that went over Auburn, seemingly finding its footing now in SEC play? 
I think they've gotten more aggressive on defense. I think it really starts there. Um, I don't know that they will admit it, but they sure seemed like they were playing pretty passively on defense against Miami. Um, they weren't attacking. And quite frankly, Tyler Van Dyke had plenty of time to do what he wanted to do, and, and he did what he wanted to do. And I think uh, – I don't know if D.J. Durkin just saw the light or if uh, Jimbo Fisher helped him see it. But uh, after that, they became a much more aggressive on defense. And as you know, because I know you keep up with everything – 14 sacks in the last two games, 30 tackles for loss. I think they figured out, hey, you know what? The strength of this defense is uh, they have some really good, really high-level defensive linemen and some improved linebackers. So why not let those guys attack instead of sitting back? Absolutely. And you said it, 30 tackles for loss. And that's going to be, I think, a big part of this game on Saturday really for both these defenses. They want to put these offenses behind schedule because, as we know, Jimbo Fisher, a Nick Saban disciple, both these guys want to be balanced on offensively. Perhaps the one defense that takes the other offense out of its comfort zone the most is going to have the best chance to win this game. But let's talk offense because this marriage of Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino now A&M checks in at a respectable sixth in the SEC in total offense right now fourth in scoring offense so far so good I guess even in the loss to Miami from what I could see the offense had its moments and just some critical turnovers that seemed to spell doom for the Aggies in that one yeah turnovers and just some boneheaded plays you know uh, you're going to go for it on fourth and goal from the one and a guy jumps because he can't hold his water right you complete a pass at the five yard line you need you on uh you, you need three. It's a you, you need three yards for a first down. The guy's got it. All he has to do is literally cut up field and take a step forward. First down, maybe a touchdown, and he decides to dance. And you're like, and he's one of your best players. And you're like, well, son, what are you doing? It uh, missed field goals. Um, uh, a lot of false starts. That's been a problem all year long. And you always keep that. And then you, you mentioned a turnover. They're going off third and one. And a guy fumbles, and it leads to a, a, a Miami touchdown. Uh, they they were able to move the ball. It was just they keep talking about shooting themselves in the foot. Well, they'll be walking on their ankles by now because they shot themselves in the foot. And yet, d- despite that, uh, they're sitting pretty good. And it it just begs the question. It, it stokes the imaginations. What could these guys be if they just get out of their own way? You know, if they just reduce the not the the pre snap penalties. And uh, it's not – it's one thing if the turnover is because your opponent made a great play, but when it's because you botched a, a, a handoff exchange or I don't know if you saw the Arkansas game last week with a pick six, clearly not everybody was on – knew what the play was or on the same page. Things like that, you're thinking – you keep hearing these are easy fixes. Well, when are you going to fix them? Yeah, three more turnovers against Arkansas last week – you score two non-offensive touchdowns, right? That helps you overcome that sort of production from a turnover perspective. But offensively for A&M, Owen, much was made of the weaponry that this offense was set to return. I know losing Donovan Green in the preseason was a blow, but there's quality depth there at tight end with Jake Johnson and Max Wright. 
getting Anaya Smith back from injury to go along with Evan Stewart and Moose Muhammad and those other guys on the uh, on the outside certainly was a positive. And it looked like Max Johnson made good use of all those guys in the Aggies win over the Razorbacks last week. He did. Um, uh, Max has Max has played well. You know, save just a couple, just a couple plays that, quite frankly, some of them weren't his fault. But he's he's played well. Um, you don't ever want to lose your starting quarterback, of course. But uh, A and M has is in a pretty decent spot when you can turn to Max Johnson, who's been a successful, a reasonably successful quarterback in the SEC before from his time at LSU. Um, so. Uh, you know, he's a good player. And I always thought you could win with him. I felt like the difference was you kind of could win because of Connor Wigman. And maybe Max can go out there and prove you can win because of him. Uh, he has thrown the ball well. He threw the ball well last week. Uh, and he runs He runs when he has to, and he can run well when he has to. So, um, yeah, he, he he's a guy that, again, you don't ever want to lose your starting quarterback, but you're not going to – ever use is an excuse that you lost is because you had Max Johnson at quarterback. That's you should still go out and feel like you're, you're going to win. Max is a good player. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that a couple of years ago was Zach Calzada at quarterback was able to knock off then ranked number one, Alabama in college station. So I'm guessing the Aggies feel more than good about having a guy like Max Johnson in there for Connor Wiegman. We talk about Anaya Smith. He missed last year's game against Alabama with an injury. He's had some interesting comments here in the last day or so. Obviously, goodwill not exactly flowing from the younger brother, a former Alabama player, Mo Smith, as it relates to Maurice's experience with Nick Saban a few years back. I'll say this for Smith, though. He's done some of his best work against Alabama. We talked about not being available a year ago, but in the previous two matchups with the Crimson Tide, 12 catches for 208 yards and four touchdowns. That's before you take his return ability into account, as we saw, and as certainly Arkansas would attest to after last week. What has his return meant, I guess, for not just the offense, but special teams as well. Well, just for the team in general, because there's so much respect for Anias, right? And I think they missed the – I think leadership's one of those things that gets overblown, right? But I think they certainly missed it last year uh, in that debacle of a season that they had. And I'm not saying they would have been a 10-win team with with uh, Anias, but maybe you would have found a way to win more uh, win one more game at least and get into a bowl. Um, Anias is, quite frankly – perhaps their best player, you know, maybe not, but if he's not the best players in the top two or three, right. And last year, Devon H. was their best player, but uh, Anais would have been next. So uh, having him back and quite frankly, he wouldn't be back if he hadn't gotten hurt last year. Right. He came back because you're not going to go into the draft coming off an injury when you only played three or four games. So um, maybe, at least for Texas A&M, it was a blessing in disguise because you got a much better chance to do some things this year. And Anaya Smith is a huge part of that. Devon Achan. I guess that's how he pronounces it now. Yeah. I was going on A-Chain. Well, we well, are. he told us A-Chain. But and now it's Achan? Did he switch it? Hey, you know what? You go out and get 280 yards. You can call. I'll call you whatever you want. Exactly. Uh, but he has moved on to the NFL with Tua Tonga-Vailoa and the Miami Dolphins now. But as we know, A&M has recruited well at the running back position between Le'Veon Moss and 
uh, Amari Daniels, Ruben Owens. That appears to be showing up during the early stages of the current season that they have a stable that they can lean on. Yeah, uh, you know, Le'Veon did not play. I think it was had a minor injury against Miami. Boy, they could have sure used him. He has really emerged the last two games. I think he – I don't have the numbers right off the top of my head, but I think he had 97 uh, on maybe 15 carries against Auburn, and then he followed that up with 100 and – I want to say 103 or 107 against Arkansas. Runs hard all the time. Does have the ability to make a big play. Had a 30 – yard run against Arkansas 36 against Auburn but what he's really good at is man you need you need one yard he might get you six you know but he's that guy that that you need to turn to when you need that tough yardage because he he's a big old tough guy I know uh I know Alabama wanted him I know LSU wanted him and A&M was fortunate enough to uh prime out of the state of Louisiana and they're counting their blessings over him yeah, he was committed at least to Alabama at one point, I remember, during that uh, recruitment of his. Let me ask you this, though. If A&M struggles to run the ball at this Alabama defense on Saturday, is this an Aggie offensive line that can hold up in protecting Max Johnson? We talked about it earlier. If one or both of these offenses become one-dimensional, tell me about this A&M OL as far as uh, being able to protect. Yeah, it's, it's getting better, and it has to because, quite frankly, it was a bust that resulted in Connor Wigman, uh, you know, getting hurt for, and out for the year. Guy didn't come off of a double team like he should have and picked up a blitzing safety, and the guy had a, 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 a direct shot at him. Um, but they looked a lot better against Arkansas. Now, is Arkansas going to be as good as Alabama? No. Uh, they, they haven't given up a ton of sacks this year, but – um, at the same time, you just don't feel like that, uh, you know, that they're stonewalled on a pass rush either. Sometimes Max has had to scramble. Sometimes he's just held, you know, stayed in there and, and, and uh, with guys flying around him and made a, a good throw. But it could be better. But um, – and quite frankly, I think they're better at pass protection than they are run blocking. So uh, – but it's a – it's a – it's a – line that's coming along uh they got a lot of young guys in it like they seem to always do uh, i don't know why they're always having so many young guys but um uh i would i would say that's a, a that would be an area of concern for him hey i did a good job a couple of years ago keeping will anderson pretty much at bay in college station and that, and that, guy, can't get on the, and that guy can't that was reuben fathery playing right and he can't get on mm-hmm. the field now Wow. That's why I mean, now they're starting a true freshman there in Chase Basantes, uh, where you would think, hey, now we got a guy that's actually played well against Will Anderson, of all people, and he's a junior now. You would think that guy, now he's had some injury issues, but you would think that guy would be, it'd, it'd be time to really lean on a guy like that. But but no, it's a, it's a true freshman out there at right tackle. You talked about it a little bit, too, with Max Johnson, just watching him going back to his days at LSU. You're right. He's not Michael Vick. He's left-handed. He's not Michael Vick. But when the time comes, especially it seems like in critical moments or in third downs and five or six, he's a guy that can go get it with his legs, and he's not afraid to go get it uh, no, with his no, legs. He's not. In fact, I think they would they'd probably um, encourage him to not try to get as much. Uh, last week he had about a 35-yard scramble, but he took a big hit at the end of it. 
And then he actually fumbled on another run where he would have gotten the first down, but got hit right on the ball. Uh, so you got to be more careful with that. But I think at this point, when you're uh, your backup now is a transfer from Fresno State that I, we haven't seen, that, and the guy behind him is a true freshman, that you're probably thinking, you know, less uh, discretion over Valor and uh, try to try to try to stay healthy. But yes, he has that ability. Uh, he's a better athlete, a better runner than than you might give him credit for, than I would have given him credit for. And he's a big, big tough kid. You'd expect that, you know, with his lineage. Absolutely. Brad, big Brad, big bad Brad Johnson, former NFL quarterback, Max and Jake Johnson's father. See him a lot of times at those A&M games. Defensively. Yeah. I wouldn't mess. I wouldn't mess with Brad Johnson. You heard that story, right? Yeah. He ripped his shirt off in celebration when Brad threw the touchdown pass. I mean, when, when uh, Max threw the touchdown pass to Jake against Auburn. Johnson and Johnson. It's more yeah, than it just baby power. With yeah. No shirt. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a uh, son of an NFL quarterback. You expect to be, you know, tough and savvy. Absolutely. Defensively, this AM defense leads the SEC in total defense. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Negative play production and wins over Auburn and Arkansas the last two weeks. Absolutely off the charts. Linebacker, defensive end. He kind of reminds me of the Jack position that Alabama uses with Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. Jaron Cooper already has 10 tackles for loss and six sacks in five games, with six and four of those respectively coming in the last two weeks. But I think it's those former five stars that A&M landed up front to go along with a veteran in McKinley Jackson uh, mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with A&M's defense being where it is right now. Yeah, that line is really good. Um, Walter Nolan, five-star guy uh, last year, played a lot as a freshman because he had to. And now he's 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 playing like the kind of guy you expect him to be. You know, and then he's right there next to McKinley Jackson, who's been a really good player here for a long time. Uh, Shamar Turner is a guy that's uh, they can. He's a big enough guy to move in inside or outside. Probably going to play on the end, and he's he might be their best. Have been their best player so far. I know Cole Kubelek has said that he thinks he's the best defensive player in America. That's high praise from coming guy smarter than me. I don't know if he's that, but I know he's playing really well. And then uh, you might remember um, Fidel Diggs uh, last year. He, he had a big game against Alabama and then got mm-hmm. hurt the next week. And and so that pretty much completes that front four. And a lot of times they drop one guy off and put a put an end in, um, in coverage, which I can't figure out why they're doing that. But uh, And then when you you mentioned Edger and Cooper, and that's kind of goes back to what I was saying, how they've decided to get more uh, – more aggressive. And that hurt them one play uh, last week against Arkansas. They were able to, yeah, they had a screen to Rocket Sanders for about 38 yards. Uh, But beyond that, you know, uh, A&M kind of handled it, uh, handled the Arkansas pass protection and didn't get really burned. So, uh, you know, it's, it starts up front, but it usually does. And A&M's linebacker play last year was atrocious. Uh, Edron Cooper was in his first year as a as a starter, and it looked like it. And they were having trouble at the other spot. Well, they got a tr- true freshman, Torian uh, York, that's come in and played. Uh, he's been a starter since day one, and he's played really well. Just knows how to play linebacker. 
and then Edrin has really made a made a step forward. But let's not let's not kid ourselves. One of the big reasons they're playing well is because of the havoc those four and five star guys, those guys who are four and five star recruits, what they're causing up front is really making making things easier for the linebackers. Yeah, it seemed like in last year's game in Tuscaloosa, Alabama took advantage of that linebacker play and rushing for nearly 300 yards. They were able to get Jameer Gibbs kind of going east and west, and then he would plant his foot and uh, you know win some one-on-ones there at the second level. So I'm sure after giving up that type of total to the Alabama run game a year ago, this will be a very motivated A&M front seven on Saturday. On the back end, you got a group led by, I guess, Damani Richardson, who he's been at A&M so long, Owen, that he intercepted Tua Tonga Vailoa in College Station in 2019. That's how long this guy's been at A&M. And he got Bryce Young in the same end zone, I want to say, in the game two years ago. I mean, yeah, he did. AARP All-American. Uh, uh, yeah, Richards. That's a pretty good line. Um, yeah, he's, he's in his fifth year. Um, and uh, I think that, to be honest, his his draft stock, his draft grade might not have been what he wanted it to be. And he thought, eh, why don't I come back? And since there, you might have heard that, uh, you know, some of those A&M guys get some nice NIL deals, and he probably got one. And sure. uh, so it, it probably he thought, hey, I can, I can get an NIL deal. And at the same time, I can uh, have a chance to boost my draft status. And so he made uh, a business decision to come back. And quite frankly, I think um, I think he's not playing well yet as, as well as he has in the past. I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's just some bad luck or whatever. But uh, I know they'd still rather have him out there than not. Uh, but he can play better than he's shown so far. Yeah, it was a secondary that really got torched by Tyler Van Dyke in week two. Looked improved against K.J. Jefferson in that Arkansas offense last week. That being said, is the pass rush still A&M's best form of pass defense this week? And how do you kind of envision A&M going about uh, Jalen Milrow with those legs and the potential wow. for him to run? Do they bring four? Because – like you said, watching the Arkansas game, it seemed like they had more success when they brought the extra guy against mm-hmm. KJ Jefferson. Yeah, I think that you have to. Uh, you're going to start out trying to bring four and maybe even three and see what you got, right? Uh, see if you can, because it seems. Look, I don't watch Alabama every game. I, I can't, um, and I don't have time to go back and watch all the games. Uh, but I understand, and you you could tell me if or not better than I could ever know that Alabama's had some issues in, in uh, uh, protection. So they mm-hmm. might, you know, kind of test it out. I do think that they're going to uh, uh, still bring pressure. And of course, like everybody's going to do, you're going to have a spy. So that's going to take a guy out of coverage, but you have to do that. Um, look, Jalen causes problems. We knew that. Hell, he's a, He's a Katie kid. He's from an hour from here. Everybody knows about Jalen and what what uh, kind of problems he can pose for you. Um, so uh, you, it's a it's a pick your poison kind of deal. Uh, do I want to take my chances of him throwing the ball deep, where I've had some issues in coverage? Now, one of those long touchdown passes against uh, uh, by uh, Miami was against a true freshman that. They hadn't put him out there at corner by himself anymore, uh, <laughs> but 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 they they've had some issues in coverage. So, uh, do you want to take your chance with that, or 
Do I want to try to rush him and just in case he gets by, have a spy that hopefully can can track him down? Because we all know the the worst situation is to put an open field runner in the open field, and you know Jalen is that. And uh, if he's in the pocket, I think you feel pretty good about your chances. But man, if he he starts to scramble, you're holding your breath. Absolutely. I won't drag you too far down the special teams road. We've already talked about Anaya Smith and the impact he makes there. Kool-Aid McKinstry for Alabama also in the punt return game. He's had a few muffs here in the last three weeks, but you also know he's very capable of uh, housing a return or two. And then these kickers, I think both these kickers, Will Reichard for Alabama, uh, A&M with Randy Bond, both in good shape. Who knows? No, uh, Owen, we may be coming down to a another kick in college station for the second well, meeting in a row. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I mean, I'll, Randy's fine. Randy's fine. He missed, he missed a couple of long ones last week. He's fine. Uh, Rockert's better. So uh, if it comes down to a kick, you know, of course, everybody is going to hope it's saying him kicking. Uh, I will say this. Why wouldn't it come down to a uh, final play or final minute? Because, AM no longer goes to play Alabama with a, you know, trying to convince yourself you're not scared to play them or that you're as good as they are. I think there's been some times in the past that they were, knew they were beat before they got there and they were just hoping to win, hoping for the best. Maybe Alabama make a mistake or not play as well. I think AM feels now that, you know, they, they can win the game uh, and that they have as much talent as, uh, as Alabama. So, uh, I think the last two years, great games, uh, nail biters. And, uh, you know, why wouldn't this one be the same way? I, but I'll admit, if it came down to the last field goal, last play field goal, uh, that's an advantage to Alabama. So you hope it's not Alabama kicking it if you're an Aggie, because does, does Rockard even miss? He hasn't. He's made like 24 straight. So I'm, now we've jinxed him. So it'll be. Well, I hope ball. so. <laughs> because. Because you know what, special teams, Alabama special teams have been a big problem for AM. Now AM's had their moments too. Alabama blocked a punt for a touchdown the last time it was in college stage. And then of course A Chain brought it back the next And uh, A Chain had the big return to answer. But but Alabama just you know what it is with it's it's I shouldn't just say special it's not offensive touchdowns. They feast Mm -hmm. on non-offensive touchdowns against A&M in the past. Alabama is this spider, and A&M has always been that fly that gets stuck in the web by doing something wrong, and Alabama just just sucks the blood out of it. So maybe if A&M can avoid that, that, that giving up the, the, the special teams touchdown or the turnover that goes, maybe then uh, we can see, uh, you know, just another classic football game. Yeah, I don't see this being a shootout unless there are like multiple uh, non-offensive yeah. touchdowns. I think both these lines of scrimmage are going to be tough to deal with, and oh, I uh, feel with an emphasis on the on the front sevens. I don't know if it'll be nine six <laughs> in overtime, but I don't know if the winner needs to score much more than maybe twenty four or so. But man, yeah, exactly twenty four twenty game last year. I could see it the same way this year, one way or the other. Hey, Olin, man, thanks for taking the time with us here on the other side. It's been great catching up. You're always a wealth of knowledge and insight. 
Well, I have leaned on your expertise of Alabama many times in the past, so it was uh, my pleasure to to pay at least a, a little bit of that back and have this conversation with you. I enjoyed it. Hey, here for you anytime. Love doing it. So for Olin Buchanan of TexAgs.com, Travis Ryer, thanking you for joining us here. On the other side, stay tuned to more coverage of Alabama football on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. Also, the Bama Online Podcast, and of course, right there at BamaOnline.com as well. Until next time, so long, everybody. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.